This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Um, I'm Ben Platt. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode. Um, a weird away. We get through a podcast after a win, it's, which is uh, makes everything a lot easier. Dunk, you're probably going to ruin it at some point, <laughs> I know, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, lots of want to get through. Um, let's quickly start by seeing who we've got on the pod this week. So, obviously, we've got Duncan. You okay, mate? Um, no, I'm, I'm literally sweating my tits off at the minute, but apart from that, I'm fine. <laughs> It's far too hot today to do anything. It is, it is far too hot. No, I feel, I feel like that bloke from Indiana Jones where he just his face just melts. <laughs> but the letters you're delivering like soaked in your sweat this morning. Yeah, literally like they was like I hold up my arm and they're literally sticking to my arm. I had like half a magazine stuck to my arm. So I apologise to whoever house that went into. <laughs> Fair enough. We've also got Chris. Welcome back, mate. Again, you good? Yeah, all good, boys. Um, so I was saying before we jumped on, very happy with the uh, of the win at the weekend, and we can brace and well, we can enjoy those three points for two weeks, given uh, it's international break. We've also got a pod debutant on. We've got young George Sharp. George, welcome, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, cheers for having me on. That's all right. That's okay. You good though? Yeah, I'm school? good. School all right. Yeah, so it's going all right, apart from boiling heats in the uniform, but apart from that, it's all good. Is, it, is there many QPR fans in your school at all, or do you get I a think, lot of stick, or what? I think, that, I think there's one other. I think there's one other, but I always get like a lot of stick, like, especially last year, how we're losing every single game. Every day I get reminded of it, so that's great. There's quite a few Brentford fans for some reason. Is there? Do you give them a stick? Mm. Yeah, bus stop in Hounslow, I always say to them as they're walking around. <laughs> <laughs> cool okay lads well thanks for coming on let's get straight stuck in to Middlesbrough what a win really um, I think you know it's easy to say that Borough weren't out of form and you know they're they're struggling down the bottom bottom of the league as you say Doug but I still think going to Borough and producing a performance like that and 
you know, coming away with a clean sheet is a fantastic result. Um, I think we'll all agree that what Ainsworth is trying to do, I think we can all see what he's trying to do, right? I think I'm not, I'm not sure too many people would disagree. Whether he can execute it in the long term, I don't know. But again, Saturday was another demonstration of what he's trying to do. And I thought there were a lot of really good performances. Um, and I thought we fully deserved the win. Um, George, I don't know if you want to kick off. Yeah, I'll kick it off if you want. Well, I thought... In the Debbie what was your views on the game? I thought it was a positive performance. It was everything that Ainsworth promised us, I guess, with the passion, with everyone fighting for the badge. And it, it, I guess you could say it was a tight game in terms of chances, but we just took it, something we haven't really been doing. We took our chances. And I guess you could say if we did that against Southampton and Ipswich, we would have got the result. But we took our chances and certainly more positive compared to Watford first day of the season. Absolutely, absolutely. Doug, what did what were you, any different views? You like the devil on the shoulder. <laughs> I know something's coming. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, obviously I said last week that the performances have been getting better, results hadn't. So like last week it happened. We got the performance and the result. But obviously the caveat is Borough were poor and they did miss quite a few chances. It's kind of like like um, George said, we were clinical, they weren't. Uh, when Begovic is man of the match, it does show that we weren't dominant, we weren't in control as much as the scoreline might suggest. But uh, you take any kind of win you can get, especially in this level and with how the season could pan out. So I'm over the moon with the win. They didn't... They... Uh, yeah, I, I don't... Begovic being mad at the match, he was. He made a few saves. I don't think he made any absolute world-class saves. I don't think there were any that possibly shouldn't have made. They are all straight at him, pretty much. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just... They created quite a few chances, but I thought we... I thought we hit them on the counter really well. I thought we used um, Smith really well on the right. Um, and Kenneth Powell on the left. Really good game. Um and I think it was always going to be whoever got that first goal. I thought it was going to probably go on to get the win, being where Borough are and the uh, you know and the morale and, and stuff. I always thought I, I thought if we once we got going, got the guard. I didn't really think. I, thought, I always thought fairly comfortable watching the game that we were gonna we were gonna see it through. Chris, I don't know if you've got any different. Yeah, I mean, it's how how good is it to to think that that like when we're ahead in the game that we were that we felt comfortable. I mean. Great time to score. A few minutes before half time, both thing where both managers are probably going in thinking, okay, they nil nil at half time. What do I need to change or what do I need to tweak? And I mean, unbelievable goal. Like when you put in the chat that it was like one of the best goals you've ever seen. Like I didn't didn't know what I was going to see until we saw the video. The and you were like, then, oh my god. <laughs> I got caught up in the moment. My shirt was off. I was running around. I thought, oh, yeah. I mean, it was still a good goal. Wasn't Chris claiming credit for it in the group chat? I was, yeah. Last week, I was saying, Dezel needs to shoot more. And admittedly, I did say when he's on, when he's 18 yards out on his right foot. But if he wants to do it from like 25, 30 of his left, then feel free. Um, yeah, superb goal. Again, timing of the second goal. That's a killer. Like they seeing the chances back, and you know they haven't scored. But there were a lot of times where you you were kind of like, how have they not scored from there? And I'm not saying they were, yeah, like massive, massive chances. But again, Begovic standing up, doing really, doing really well. I mean, 
I know Jack's not on the pod with us tonight, but it's gone through his feed just to bring up some stats so he can still be credited. But um, <laughs> Begovic has made the most saves in the league so far this season. His save percentage is sixth highest in the league. And I'm not sure how much we'll touch on Dieng, but Dieng's worst in the in the league at 31%. Um, it's, it's too early to say, have we made an upgrade at, at goalkeeper? Because the ages are obviously miles apart, so longevity. But if you've got, let's say, whatever it was, a, a mil and a half in the bank, and we got someone on a free who's really experienced, like you weigh that up on the scales, we're better off in the short term, at least. I think you're better off. I, I don't know. My opinion is, with where we are, we're going to need a keeper that's going to need to make saves, right? I just think that's the reality, right? That's, you know, and I think that shot stopping, I think he's as good as we could get. I think I think he's kicking annoys me a lot it frustrates me it doesn't it's kicking so poor but we're not playing progressive football from the back so he doesn't need to be good at kicking no that's no, that's, no. that's the difference isn't it like he is an Ainsworth style goalkeeper he's there to like hit it long when he needs to play a simple pass if he wants to or can do if the opportunity's there but he's not going to be there trying to play like a 30 40 yard ball to like the right back the left back trying to like do you know what I mean he's there to be a goalie first and foremost which I felt Senny for us under different managers wasn't. He was almost there to be the first line of the starting of a move. Mm. He's not going to make many. I just, I just don't. You know, think about the, the mistakes Senny made last year. Like, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Oh, no, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll shut up, George. What do you think? You, uh, you like Bekovic? Yeah, I like, I like his shot stopping. Like, I was always a fan of Senny because I love passing football and everything like that, building from the back. Perfect. That. That may be why I'm, and as you said, anti Ainsworth. But uh, like Begovic, I, I think. That. <laughs> but uh, Begovic with his distribution is just we don't need to play that passing. Like you could see that as soon as Dicky went, the ball playing defender, as Ainsworth said, you could tell that we weren't going to be playing out the back. So as soon as Begovic came in, I suppose you could call it a win. Getting one point five two million for Dn, getting a free keeper, good. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to also touch on just when you mentioned Dizel, Chris. I know we spoke about him a few times. I'm, I'm, I whilst his form is much better, by the way, and and absolutely fantastic goal, great tackle. You know, last minute, everything just seemed to go right for him, didn't it? On Saturday after after he got it in the head, but um, was that all he needed? He needed needed a hit in the head. Still not fully convinced. He's 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 going. I don't know. I still need a bit more convincing. I think I know that maybe Ainsworth got got him going. Perhaps you know there's, there's a tiny footballer in there, um, but I don't know. I, yeah, I think, I think we, need, we need go on. I was gonna say I think it's telling that Dizel's performances have upped since Colback's been in the team, and I think that's the kind of experience midfielder Steph didn't give us and didn't support with Dizel. I feel like Colback has allowed Dizel to kind of have that little bit more expression and not have to worry about as much of the defensive work or the tactical work. I think Colback is organising that midfield. It kind of feels a bit like Ainsworth's gone, let's just move him out of the way a little bit. Because having him in that centre midfield, I just don't, we don't ever, one thing about Borough, which I really enjoyed was the fact that we actually won that centre midfield battle 
pretty much all game. Field and Colback won a midfield battle for the majority of the game, which is something I've not seen QPR do for a long time. And I think that's what you get when you, you know, harsh on Dizel, but, you know, he's kind of, it just kind of feels like he's moved further forward. He's out of the way a little bit. He's not as, you know, he doesn't need to get back as much. Not every tackle is important. If he does something, he's a bit further up the pitch. Um, I don't know if I'm being harsh, but I don't know. No, I think, I think that, uh, yeah, Steph Johansson bit is is a good uh, good thing to to talk about because if we think it was always field plus one of Dezel or Johansson, so Dezel's rare. Oh, Jack will know the stats, but like how many times those two would have played together? I don't think it would have happened a lot. So therefore, and because they kind of know they're competing for the same spot because we used to play two, he wouldn't have got a huge amount of like. I guess, leadership and help on the pitch. You see what I mean? Whereas now, it's three of them in there. Obviously, Colback can can do a more defensive role. He's shown he can still get forward. But yeah, Dezel got that little bit more, maybe like 10% more licence to to move around to Rome to get forward. And yeah, then for he probably thinks, okay, I don't need to be thinking, do I need to be level with um, field all the time? Do I need to be defending the the runner who's going to burst through our back three, back four, etc. Um, but yeah, he needs to show it for like a, a sort of a 10 game run. This is a very positive sign that he is getting better and in, in much better form than he ever has been. But can it be long term? Because we need it to be. He's just, can't... Got, yeah, go on. He's just got more space on the pitch now. And I always, I always used to say to myself, what does Dazelle actually do? And if anything, I'm still thinking that. And <laughs> No, I don't. I don't see what he really does on the football pitch. Like Angel's kind of thrown him in a more attacking role, and I guess you could say he's kind of thrived in it. But apart from like at, at the start of Ipswich, I thought he was ducking out of tackles and everything like that. So I get there's a Dizel hype train, but I don't really see how it's how it's that big of a deal because I don't really see what he does on the pitch much. No, I agree. <laughs> agree. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I just think he needs to do more. I appreciate he did do more on Saturday. Great. But he just needs to do it even more consistent basis. All people are on that. I'd, I'd like to see Willock play in that role, but I don't know whether he could be as disciplined or... I don't know. I mean, we could, it's probably a whole other conversation about what the hell has happened with Willock and with the window. We'll get on to that in a sec. Just quick, quickly what I touched on, Paul, Paul Smith. I, don't, I mean, I, I, do you know what? I always... You know, you've got your easies and your chairs and your Freemans, that type of player. I obviously love that type of player, right? But for me, I really like a player like Bright or Smith that just run at people and just take them on and they skank it through the letter. Right? They just they manage to come out of it. I always think that is just, I always like that type of player and enjoy that type of player as much as as the others. Um, and, and I think we were all wondering what type of... Smith we were going to get but early signs are good right um, he seems to fit into that right wing back role really well it's not an easy role to play either on a football pitch getting up and down that pitch um, so yeah I thought he was excellent on Saturday he could call that left back apart literally apart um, and yeah I thought he was excellent Dunk I don't know if you well, I'm not going to beat around the bush when he, we were looked to get him back you, I wasn't well, no, I wasn't. I wasn't impressed initially with the signing. I thought like he didn't tear up much when he was here last time. 
I didn't necessarily think he'd done a lot, but the signs so far, I have been impressed with him, especially like in an attacking role. I feel like he gives us an outlet down that right-hand side. He's constantly a threat. And obviously he's constantly trying to get balls into the box. My only worry is against a better like left-sided team, obviously the Middlesbrough's left back is new to the league and he's a bit dodgy. I just feel like defensively he still can be a caught out like he was against Southampton. I think going forward, he's bang on it. He just needs to needs that bit of support from Aussie when he's in defensive mode. That's my only kind of negative on Smith. Just needs to work on that defensive side of his game to to get that role going really well. Yeah, and I think that's probably just going to show in the the quality of teams we play against, right? Like if he's if he's really good against. 12, 14 teams in the league and the other ones we're like, okay, maybe defensively you could improve a bit or the the left-backs of higher quality, then then this is a more difficult game for you. I think we take it, right? Like, he's... I get the impression he's a he's a good player to manage. What I mean, mean by that is his attitude's right. He's, he's not going to go, oh, I don't want to play right wing back. I came here to play left forward because that's what I did at Leighton Orient and I was cutting in all the time and scoring bangers from 30 yards. I can't, I don't imagine that's his attitude. I imagine his attitude is like the Jamie Mackey mould of, look, I'll play wherever you want and I'll do whatever job you need and if I need to run for 90 minutes, I'll do it. And that's ultimately what we, half the season last, last season, we were on this pod talking about we need characters and we need the right, the right people in the squad and he demonstrates that, in my opinion. Also, pace, man, pace. Yeah, hundred percent. It was and also it doesn't matter if he if he loses it sometimes because that will happen, right? Or if he has the odd bad game here and there because that will also happen. Like wingers, that's what happens. But but just having him there as an outlet can get us up the pitch and, and do some damage. You know, even if he doesn't, even it's sometimes he's a bit too quick and he's you know he's got a weight and maybe the chance is gone, but. I, just, I thought Southampton, he was he was good. I thought um, I thought Ipswich was a bit tough. I don't know whether he suits an away game more. It's difficult because we've only really had one game, haven't we, at home? But um, but anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to also seeing how he develops. George, have you got? You... Yeah, he, he looks like he's matured a lot since last time yeah. he was here. Like when the first time he like when I first saw the side in like Dunk, I was like, oh god, Baxter, because uh, like when he was with us before, it was just. Uh, Pacey played fight for the badge. And I suppose you could say that's a typical Ainsworth signing. The one thing I'm worried about is, well, two things really. One, you mentioned on it. I don't think he's a home sort of player because Loftus Road, it's so compact. I've never really been a fan of wide players at Loftus Road because you're just on top of each other. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, that's why I think... Not... Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's why I think Cher and Wilk always did so well at home because they could just free roam around the middle... I mean, the second point is we haven't brought in a right back in the window. So against these better teams, I think I've never really been a fan of Kakai, if I'm being honest with you. I don't think many of us really are. But uh, I, I think with Smith not being the best defensively, I think he could get caught out a couple of times against like the Leicesters or the better teams with these wingers who will just attack you. I think it's important that we shift across at the back, isn't it, when he goes forward that we... Heard, you know, we move, we move across. Um, we've been caught out a few times not doing that. Um, Aussie's, a, Aussie's an odd one. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I've never been a massive Aussie fan at all. But he, um, 
I don't know, maybe someone would put their arm around him, show him some real, like, not buy the right back. I imagine would have big confidence for him. I don't know. There's, he can that demonstrate it for, like, 20 minutes, half an hour in a game, kind of, where you can go, oh, he's, here we go. And then, I don't know, he just sort of then drifts out of the game or makes a mistake or ball sort of becomes a um, hot potato. He reminds me a bit of, like, Dizelle. They both kind of switch off. It's like they can't focus for a full 90 minutes. Like, every so often, the game just goes past them. Yeah, and you need that moment not to kill us, right? right. Yeah. yeah. I think he's the kind of player that one in... Going to be kind. One in four games, he'll look poor or, like, really bad. But can you get away with... Can you get away with that one if the other three he's competent and maybe one of them he's good? Where people turn around and then Twitter changes and they're like, I tell you what, like he is, he can do a job here. And um, yeah, because I think that's what that's the position we're in. Like, we don't have anybody else to play there, do we? So it's just, mm. he has to be, he has to be that and he has to be good enough for the games we need him. I think it shows our backwards step if Ozzy Kakai is your starting fullback, though. Like, if you, if you think about it, I've just, yeah, I don't know. A couple of years ago, if you had told me that Kakai is going to be our number one right back, I, I wouldn't have believed you. I guess he isn't our right back, though, is he? Because we don't play with a right back. I don't know. That would be the. Yeah. Maybe if we're only play, if this is the system that Ainsworth wants to play, um, I'd imagine that Kakai would move to right wing back if. I don't know. Would would he or Doma? Well, who knows what Ainsworth's trying to be? I never thought he'd have the tactical mind to think of this. To be honest, the they're the not looking it long, and like I think you can tell already. I'm not the biggest fan, but we'll you haven't indicated that. that much, George, in the last. Say, George, we'll get on to that in a second. We'll get on to that. You've got that second. massive poster of Ainsworth behind you as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's... Uh, that's his dartboard. Yeah. <laughs> Lads, the window, obviously the window wanted to get whether you were happy with what we did, uh, in and out, if there was any, obviously we know there's gaps, but um, what would be your sort of rating, I guess, for our window, Chris? How, what, were you, what was your reflection? Um, I mean, I think our expectations weren't very high, were they? We all understood what we had to play with, i.e. nothing. Um, and it was trying to trying to bring money in. Um, a few people have kind of mentioned it on Twitter and you kind of try to go player for player in terms of the real optimists be like, oh, we've, we've upgraded the squad. I think in in leadership and characters we have, yeah. Um, so, yeah, my expectations were low. That's kind of six six or a seven. It's kind of met them. Um, the fact we didn't bring in any striker is probably the disappointment. I mean, obviously, we can still bring someone in free and we'll probably talk about that, but not just having another option is probably the the issue. But yeah, on deadline day, I'd never expected us to do anything. So well, that Chris, wasn't. Can I ask you a question, mate? I've been thinking about this. Yeah. And it comes off the back of something that I'll go on. But if I said to you, I guess that obviously as a squad, it's not it's not as big, right? I get that, right? Mm. But man for man. So, would you going into this season? Would you rather have Dieng or Begovic in your goal going into this season? Who would you rather have? Be honest. After, 
But I mean, is this going down to management as well, though? Because every no, player plays differently no. for different managers, doesn't it? Shut up. No. <laughs> if you were the manager, who would you rather have in? Uh, I mean, we might be like bearing on uh, recency bias, but I think you'd say Begovic based on what we sort of saw at the end last year. Yeah. Would you rather have Cook, Fox, uh, Dunn, and. Um, Jake Clark Salter, well, he was here last season, over Allegan and Dickey last season. Would you rather have Cook and Fox, yeah. I guess, as your alternatives, right? Yeah. Going in, you know, going into this season, would you rather have Holbach in that set? Tell me who else you'd rather have in that set of midfield with field. Would well, you rather him against Johansson, then that's an easy one. What then, about isn't Tim? It? Irubunum or oh, yeah. Well, no that's Tim. Tim. Yeah. You know, Sinclair getting playing every week, which he definitely wasn't. Right, last he's he's going to be our number two striker this season. Um, I mean, you take him over some of the players we had last season playing up there, right? We take him over Tyler Roberts, don't you? Well, yeah. You know, Paul Smith on the right. I, I mean, I know it's a bit. Uh, it's obviously early, but what I'm what I'm getting at is is that this eleven, our first team this season. I don't think it's it, is it. Would it not? Is it not better? That's my Looking question. Like a team, team similar time this, um, this point last season. I don't know. It's just a question, mate. I don't, I'm just, you know. If you asked, if you asked me, the eleven that I was watching this this day last year, I'd definitely be saying last year compared to like the future squad of what we've got now. Because obviously, look how amazing we were playing. Everything was gelling perfectly. Like great attacking football. Like summer, pure kind of QPR summer vibes were going on. Then we saw the rest of the season totally capitulate. So you saw what we're missing, and then we've replaced that. So yeah, I mean, we're not in we're not in a, a horrific position, are we? I don't think so. In terms well, of the squad, not unless injuries happen. We then we we are. Up Creek, aren't we? Yeah, but we do have injury crisis every single season, so that will happen at some point. George, what do you what's your what ins and outs? Are you happy? Uh, I guess you could call it success in some ways. One thing that annoyed me was we obviously had no money to spend, yet we spent six hundred twenty-five thousand Taylor Richards, who's nowhere to be seen at the moment. Like if you if you think about it, that's equivalent to another team's four or five million pound signing, and he's not even on the bench at the moment. So if you think we could have bought in a right back, and I think we just needed a nippy striker, someone who could come on instead of Armstrong and force their defence back. Because as soon as he comes off, all they do is drop back. No, step up even because they're scared of him when he's on the pitch. But we know we couldn't. We know we basically had to spend that money, right? Like the deal was already. Yeah, agreed, I know, yeah but that's, deal, that's, that's, deal, that's deal. just the most stupid deal on the planet, then, is it? Like bringing a player on loan and then having to sign them, like. Well, I think that's, I imagine that's probably for our own financials. I.e., we didn't want to put it in last year's accounts, so you do it that way around. And if the thinking was, I mean, not every signing works out right. But we could have turned around and gone, bloody hell, Taylor Richards for 600 grand. Like, that was amazing. Yeah. And I know that's, that's just flipping kind of devil's advocate. But the, the theory was he could have been great in a, in a Beal team, kind of being the, the 
the chair Willock, then Richard's option, rotating all the time, producing. And obviously we that's just gone the complete opposite way. Like it hasn't worked out at all. The, um, the, the problem with signings is that they have to, this is what I thought about Paul Smith, he has to have a good game really quickly, right? To win, to, to not just, just to get yeah. the fans on side. I think the longer you go without having that game or having those moments, I think you're in trouble. And I think that's what's happening to Taylor. I just think, you know, what... Yeah, we need, that, we need that point where we go, yeah, but what about him versus X team? Like, yeah, that was that he, was the true player. Got in a, he's got to be in a squad for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I get he I get he had he had personal issues last year, which is absolutely fine. Like players go through personal issues, fine. The club said that, okay, that's fine. But where is he now? Like you don't know anything. Is he injured? We don't know. Preseason, he looked like a different beast. I was excited to see what he was going to bring us this like this season from preseason. He looked interested. He looked fit. Now nothing. He, he didn't do that tackle. I said it last week. Remember that tackle at Oxford? They scored yeah. their first goal, <gasps> and he watched it, and he completely whooshed out of it. Got taken off at half time. We've not seen him since. But the thing but is, like, to... he's a creative player. He's not. Like, he's not a ball winning midfielder. That's not what he's like. His game's about. That'd be like me getting cross with you for not going in for a fifty-fifty, Ben. Like you're not being rude. Be like five foot five. You ain't gonna go and win a fifty-fifty very easily, are you? <laughs> But do you know what I mean? Like what I'm not mean? expecting you. I'm not expecting you to win a 50-50. How big's Colback? Yeah, but he's bigger than you. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But like you, you're not that type of player. Colback is. Richards isn't that kind of player. That's what I'm saying. So to not play again because you pulled out of one tackle in a preseason friendly is a bit different. If it was Dizel not pulling, like pulling out of the tackle when it was like him against the three players, fine. I completely understand. Like reprimanded him for that. But it wasn't in that situation. It wasn't a league, a league game. It wasn't a cup game. It was a pre-season game. I just feel like he's been harshly treated by... We don't know what else has gone on, though, do we? feels like something's gone on. Same with Willett. I just feel like it's his way or the highway with Ainsworth. Like, this is my way. You're either in or out. But, but I... like, that's fine if you get them out and you can bring in your own replacements that will play how you want them to play. That hasn't happened. He doesn't even say that he's injured, does he? So he's not injured because he doesn't say that when the team lose, he doesn't even talk about him, does he? It's like a taboo topic at the moment, even when other... Yeah, and then like he doesn't play any minutes in the development team or in the squad, no. whereas Adoma's week in, week, week in, week out starter for the development team at 37. Um, but that is the opportunity to give him, to give Rich's minutes, to be like, okay, if you're coming back from a fitness concern or just to get you playing games because he played in like beating games last year. So, so maybe, maybe something's okay. gone on behind the scenes and this is why in terms of like something else has happened in his personal life. So like Angel's like, right, we're just we're not going to mention it. Is he in any training photos? Maybe not. Um, and the club are like, okay, well, we're not, we're not going to say anything. It goes, so back, it goes back to this like smoke and mirrors from the club that just winds me up where we're just not getting the full picture on why some of our players aren't in and around the team. Like the fan base would have a lot more sympathy for players if it was something personal. Like it, all they need to come out and say there's personal issues ongoing, he won't be in the squad for X, Y, Z. And the fan base will go, fair enough. Hold that. Like, do you know what I mean? 
when it's nothing being said, everyone speculates and we're all kind of saying, is he injured? Is it this? Is it that? People are getting frustrated. Yeah, and that's when, that's when we'd, like fans will go to complete extremes, won't they, in terms of making up anything that could be really, really good, really bad, whatever. You kind of basically just need like a local journalist who has one of the pre-match interviews with Ainsworth on a Thursday or Friday to ask specifically about players and go, Taylor Richards hasn't been around the squad for a few weeks. Is he okay? What's going on? Just to get a direct answer. I was going to say, people just read too much into it. And I guess you could say QPR Twitter base, like with these, say we sign, like we're linked with, in a window, we're linked with someone. Everyone's an expert within two hours. Like they, (laughs) they, they just read into everything way too much. And if anything, that does, back up the point of the club not telling us anything doesn't help because people just come up with all these theories and start hating on a player without knowing the full story. And before you know it, everyone's full of that veins where I've taken the mick out of our dresses. What was it? The Adson. <laughs> Remember that rumour going around? And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> laughing at him or something. Um, just quickly, um, Chair, um, it, it, the last day of the window was a bit um, crazy, wasn't it? I don't I don't know if I even believe any of it, to be honest, but apparently Leicester were in, then they were out, then Leeds were in, then they were out, then they were back in. Um, we rejected the six million bid, I think I saw at one point, with Gaudart coming up. It just, I mean, you know, I mean, six million is good money, isn't it? I mean, I can't see us turning it down, but then again, if it was that late in the window, um, I see why we wouldn't. But this is what makes me question, like, our financial situation because if we are that strapped for cash you take six million for chair do you know what i mean if we're that hard up and we're that worried about ffp you take the six million this summer because about to help balance out the books so if we're rejecting that then surely our situation with money isn't as bad as the club or people make it out to be well he's or... got a contract doesn't he He's got a longer contract. He, you know, he only has to have a good season this season. I don't think his value is going to go down next season. He's still going to be worth six million next season, unless he, you know, is for a really bad happens this season, which could happen. That could happen with any player, right? I yeah, know. I mean, I think don't don't think we're in a position to have said, "Oh no, you've come in at I don't know eight o'clock in the evening." So we can't spend that money now because of that exact point you made, Dunk. Like, we desperately need money. That's what we've been told all of the time. And we know that is definitely true. Like, there's no dispute in that fact. And what they must have said to Ainsworth was, look, you might check, you might lose chair. We'll look any of the players in the squad until midnight, 11 p.m., whatever it was, on that day. And you have to be prepared for that and you have to deal with it. So there couldn't have been a situation where it's like, oh, we've got this bid in. Gareth, are you okay to lose him? Because obviously he's going to say, well, no, I want to keep him. But you can't let that be the manager's decision. So then it makes me think, okay, was this, were these bids actually real? Because there's no way we could turn down six mil. Whatever time of night it was. Not financially in a strong enough position. I get what you're saying, Ben, in terms of he'd, he'd hold his value and he's got two years left. But it's so difficult to turn down that money. Well, I'm assuming the Leicester move didn't like materialise because they couldn't get rid of someone else. Yeah, they couldn't get rid of that indeed in midfield. Yeah. That's what everyone else said. 
Like I that's why I know it's like a domino effect. If indeed he went, then they'd put a bid in for chair and all that kind of stuff never happens. So I don't, I don't, I don't see us rejecting a six million bid for chair and like I think it's okay. I don't think we'll ever know whether we won't ever know whether a bid officially came in because once again, all these people looking into how chair didn't clap at a dinner to <laughs> picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, it's just, I don't think... I think if a six million bid had come in, I think we would have taken it no matter what time. And I think, I don't know, I just think in the end, Leicester backed out. And then Leeds, I think that was just a load of a load of BS from Twitter. But Yeah. yeah. Or was it the same the thing? Where they... You would have thought the club would have had, knowing that, that we've just said that there could be a good chance that one of them leaves. That If they do, this is what we'll do. This is the moves we'll make to make sure we get at least someone in. But they're like QPR, isn't it? Like, why would they think that? Why would they do? <laughs> it's like a common sense thing to do. Well, you're, you're giving the like board a lot of credit there, Ben. Well, I don't know. It's just common sense. It? Like, someone comes in, who would be available at this short time? These are who would be available. These would come. Now, who, it's like how far do the dominoes go down? Well, yeah, who would want to come is the question. Who would want to come on play under Ainsworth? Like, if you're a Premier League club looking to loan out a young attacking midfielder to a championship club. You don't look at a team whose manager has the reputation of a midfielder not touching it in a whole game, do you? Like... Right. And we've, we know during the, with the window, QPR's been a tough sell for Ainsworth. We know he's lost numerous targets. Um, I think that's partly to do with the finances and partly to do with the position that Ainsworth paints us to be in. It, I, I don't know. It... it, it yeah, we've been choosing between someone like Hull, Birmingham, Cardiff, I don't know, DPR, I don't know, it's much closer well, As a Premier League club, you're not going to send a youngster to a relegation battle. Yeah, that's what it's being touted as. Do you know what I mean? The, the thing that annoys me about Ainsworth, everything he said to us throughout pre-season after Watford, he's almost making us out to seem like we're Wickham. Like, he's putting us, like, I'm not trying to offend any Wickham fans or anything, but... They're, they're a smaller club than us, and he's almost, with all this rep expectation reset, he's doing what he does best and trying to just keep a club up. And I think trying to treat us like Wickham is just not the way to go, especially with our fan base. Well, I think I think he's realised that, George. Yeah, he, re he realised it after Watford, yeah. But before that, like, what was the point in pre-season then? Of like, wow. why, the whole, why the whole pre-season have we knocked it long up to Cardbo? From the like development squad and and then completely changed it around. It, it just beyond me. 
Well, that leads on to maybe something I wanted to bring up, and I'll set the scene and you lads can possibly chat through what what side <laughs> you're on. I spoke, we've spoken to a lot of PPR fans, families, socials, friends and stuff. Still feels like very much... I think everyone appreciates where what he's just trying to do and can start to see what he is trying to do. Not everyone's on board that I'm talking to. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there'll be people listening that are and aren't. Um, I, I guess from my perspective, uh, and I, I don't want to sit on the fence, but I am very much on it. But I'm. I, Are you going to get splinters on that fence? I know, mate. I know. I am. I don't want to be on it. I want to be on one side. But I feel like if I do that, I'm going to quickly jump. It's going to be a small fence, very small fence. But I'm going to, be able to jump over, <laughs> back over to the other side. I don't want to do that. I just want to be on one side and stay there. But I'm still. But like, I can see what he's trying to do, right? And we play. We've had some really good games, and you know, I'd have taken two point uh, two wins from five at the start of the season. Um, I think the signs have been pretty good that we've made. I, I agree with all the outs that have happened, you know. Uh, so, and I think Gareth's had a lot to do with all that, as he told us when we were there. But my worry is, when we get an injury, when we get some injuries, this squad is way for thin. And if we get an injury or two, like Took going down injured, that could have ended a different way because he was brilliant up until that point, you know. And you never know what you're going to get with Salter coming on. You know, so a two or three injuries in some key areas and we really are in trouble, aren't we? Um, and I don't know whether, I don't know, but it kind of feels like Gareth being happy with the squad. He obviously isn't, but him saying that, I don't know, would another manager have demanded more or tried to get more, you know, if, if there is, if any money there. Well, I just, I'm worried when we don't play very well or when teams figure out us out a little bit more, What's going to happen? I'm still a bit tense about it. So I'm on the fence, really, is what I'm trying to say. But I don't. I, I guess I know where both George and Dunk are. Chris, wh- wh- where are you, mate? Are you. I'm. I'm leaning over that fence onto the Ainsworth Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's done the the turnaround since Watford, when everyone was like, "Oh my God, we are going to be like the worst team in the league. We are going to get relegated." so fast it's going to be horrific to watch like that turnaround has been great like all the performances then since then we've had positive things to say about them we won two out of two out of the four could have got something from the other games he's got the buy-in from the squad and to me that is the, the key and the thing he's mentioned as soon as he came in it was like that's what I need and that's what I build my teams on and my squads on getting buy-in everybody on the same line of thinking on the same path so I appreciate the point you make about injuries. But to me, if we lose someone this season, it's less important than it was last season. Because even if it's our best player, the person who's going to replace him, yeah, quality-wise, they're going to be way worse. Let's say Chair gets injured for three months. The person who comes in and replaces him in the starting lineup is quality-wise going to be worse. But if they have the right attitude or every other, the other 10 players in the team are like, right, we have to step up now because we've lost him. But as a squad, we feel we can do it. That can take you places. And I'm not saying that place is anywhere close to like top six, top 10. I'm not. If it's 16th, then that's perfectly fine because of what our expectations were at the start of the season. But yeah, it really feels like he is getting there with what with what we need. And that's ultimately what what we want to see. Yeah, we want to see like amazing football and the best 11 players we can in the league. Well, we're not going to see that. But can we get 11 players who want to 
kind of stereotypically like fight for the shirt and go till the last minute and give everything they've got. Like we didn't have that for last season. So if we can get that, that's that's a good position to be in. I'm much more engaged in this team for for sure, right, than I was last season. But then I don't know. I it's difficult because I was at this point last season. Do you know what I mean? Football changes so quickly. Yeah. You've sat here and you said that basically, name for name, everyone who's come in has been a better replacement than who's gone out. The only difference in this squad compared to last summer were the lone players. And actually, how much of an impact did the lone players make apart from, say, Ethan Laird at the start of the season? What what you say? You're saying that we've still got the same team? Basically, like, we're, like we're, we're, the changes we've come in have been better than who's gone. Yeah, we've all agreed that. The players that have come in this summer are better than the ones that have right. gone. But the, right, but the but squad size the rest, is the rest of the, the rest of the rest of the squad, apart from the loans, is basically the same. Yeah, as last summer. Last summer we were expected to be pushing for playoffs. That is that purely because we had a couple of big player names on loan, or was that because we had a better manager? Because all of a sudden this summer the expectation level has gone twenty first, and we're happy. Well, it's we where the there, position you come from, right? So, like, what? in the season before, and well, like, Warburton, we finished, but we finished poorly, but we were in a good position until Feb. So, people saw the trajectory that we've been on the last three years, i.e. steady improvement. Then you bring in a manager who's highly rated and plays really good football. Like, not that people would have looked at that Man United pre-season game, but some people would and gone, bloody hell, like, this team might be, like, look like they can do something. In this, oh no, that was the season before, wasn't it? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he scored their goal. Yeah. Um, but people were buying the the Beal hype train. But this is so what I mean. We Beal, were on that Beal hyped now us we're up. On the opposite. I think Beal hyped us up, and he got the players believing they were at a better level than they were. Whereas we, Ainsworth's we level is, we will yeah. stay up. Let's just stay up. Let's just stay up. Uh, why on like, earth? It, yeah, there's no get, expectation. Yeah. As long as we tw- finish twenty first, that's all he's that's all he's aimed for this season. And that'll be considered a good season because he's lowered expectations so badly that if anything does go wrong, oh well, we were one of the favourites for the drop anyway. Yeah, it's just that's what like that negative like, to me. It, like as much as he brings all this positivity, and I know he's saying, "Oh, we can go, we can go higher than that, we can go higher than that." But he always comes back to, "But the minimum is staying in the league." But it is, and, and realism yeah. is right. It's just realistic, right? And that's what we didn't like. You know, he's going to. Try bring what he's trying to do is bring players in to, to and them to know what's what you know the chances are we are going to be in and around there, right? I, I don't, I, we might not be, but what I'm saying is if you bring players in on the basis that you won't be, you'll get what happened last season happen. You know, um, Ethan Laird, we were, as soon as we started losing, didn't want to know, you know, Tyler Roberts, even more so, didn't want to know, you know, Hansen didn't want to know. Yeah, I mean, I could go on. Like, there's there's loads of players that just in, in Balogun. Yeah, that that wasn't so much due to the fact that we were losing games. That was because we lost a manager. Yeah, yeah, but had we well, yeah, but if we were still riding, you know, if we were still up there, what do you think that they would have been back quicker? Do you think they would have put, but you know, they would have been more engaged. If like you said, like, if Beal hadn't left, do you think those players would have completely down tools for the rest of the season like they did? No, because we would have been winning. That's exactly. That, that that's the point. That is the point. Yeah. With a, a manager who had more faith in them and to be able to achieve more, like him putting his arms around all the lads and saying, we're going to go for playoffs this year, we're going to be pushing this year, they all kind of set their expectation levels higher. They thought, yeah, we can push, we can push. He is going to get the best out of me. 
that's what I'm saying. Whereas with Ainvers, it's like, well, let's just settle for what we can get. But you was it mean? that continued, like continued, mo- can continued motion of winning, i.e., under Beal? That's like, so every player then is turning up on a Saturday and being like, we can win today because we've kept winning. Then as soon as that that dropped, we didn't have enough characters and enough people who were like, no boys, we can bloody mm-hmm. do this. We are, we can like we've lost three in a row, but we will recover. I mean, how many games did we not not winning? Two but, in twenty seven or something. We had no one who was like, right, I'm going to bloody grab this team by a scruff of the neck and take them forward. Whereas this season, I have a lot more faith that if we were to go on a three game losing run, we could turn it around and we wouldn't be going into the Saturday to be like, God, this is going to be another loss. Whereas last season, we were very much being like, God, this is going to be bad again. But we're turning up and we'll just see how it goes. What people are forgetting is that when Ainsworth initially came in, I think we're we're fourteenth, weren't we? In like nine points from the drop. That's that's the thing that annoys me. Everyone almost paints the picture that Ainsworth has come in, saved us from relegation last season, done a brilliant job. I think I just don't think he's got it tactically to do well. And I I kind of disagree with the point of if we go on a losing streak, the players will turn it around because that I just don't think. That's the truth. Like, I people say Ainsworth's won over the squad. As soon as things start to go wrong, like they did at Watford, I just can't see the squads back in Ainsworth. Like, and if you fit the bench, the bench for us, like you've got an eighteen-year-old uh, collie. Yeah, looks like a great player for the future. It's so unfair to be throwing him into a first-team scenario at his age. Bear in mind, he hasn't been out on loan anywhere, and you really think he's the sort of player who could turn it around when we're on a losing streak. I just, I don't know. I just think it's a lot of, I think. But we lost 4-0 against Watford and he did turn it around the week after. And we were praising how good we were. Yeah, but that's setting a low bar. Talk about setting a low bar. Brilliant. We didn't concede four goals in the first half an hour. I know we went and beat Cardiff, but Cardiff... But what else could he have done? Like, we, we went and won. Yeah, yeah, but there's, exactly. there's rumours that there was a conversation or a meeting happened after the Watford defeat. And all of a sudden, everything that he did in pre-season and that Watford game got t- turned up on its head. Yeah, so it's not and, then, and then all of a sudden, we're gonna pl- we, we've got players, we need to play this type of football. So who's actually come up with that? I can guarantee because you. Because obviously, they've, they've had a committee that said, look, we, this was uh, unacceptable to lose 4-0 the way we did on the opening day. I, I was there. Uh, after the second goal went in, Ainsworth's head was in his hands. He's on the side of the pitch just going, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. Why aren't the players doing what I've asked them to do? So how do we know it was Ainsworth that has come up with this magical solution and not, say, Dobbo? Or some, like, like a group of like coaches all together have all sat down and they've all thrashed it out between themselves? I'm not saying that Ainsworth's not a bad manager. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next Pep. All I'm saying is I don't know how much we can fully say it was all down to him when all of a sudden he's had pre-season and his first game and then completely changed everything. Is it ever down to just the manager, though, with that sort of stuff? I don't, I don't think a manager just goes, right, this is how we're going to play. This is how I want you to play. This is what I want everyone to coach. This is what position I want everyone to play. It's, it is a, not a committee, but it is a coaching team that will, and if it is Dobbo, they come as a pair, don't they? You know, whether he's the face or not, Ainsworth, you, you know, I can't agree that just because Ainsworth didn't think of this formation change means that he, I don't want him to get all the credit, but I also think that, you know, it's not just him, is it? It's, 
I, mean, I just goes, think this goes back to like even when we signed Bill and all the like Rangers fans were saying Bill was the mastermind behind Gerard. Gerard was just a puppet. Like, so you're saying how much then credit do you give the coaches or the manager? If you're saying like the coaches have a lot of responsibility, like you can't tell me it's like the better coaches than the world well, say like the Pep Guardiola's. They're the ones going, oh no, go on, coaches, you take the session. He's there every single day. It's his tactics. A proper well, manager is in charge of his team. He doesn't leave it to his coaches. Well, yeah, I don't know. I disagree. I think that your coaches are the ones that do the coaching, right? To a degree. Yeah. Or, so is, a, he, is, a... is he a coach or a manager then? Is he there well, just purely to be the man manager, the man motivator? To half, I'd say, yeah, bits and bobs. I think he probably he does. He's on the pitch. You know, he's on the pitch, coaches. So he does coach, but I don't. You know, not everything that a player does or doesn't do is because Ainsworth told it's told them to do or not do that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but that's how football's going now, isn't it? It is so tactically coached. Like there isn't, there is less expression and less. I trust this group of players to do what they're supposed to do on the pitch. They're constantly being given instructions. Yeah. And the game is evolving so much to such a level that like tactics are changing completely and utterly mid-game all the time, every single game. I think it's difficult to... Don't forget what Ainsworth did last season because it's you know, it wasn't great. But it wasn't great before he was there. And there was obviously something fundamentally wrong with the club at that time, right? We all agree that, surely. It wasn't... It's not yeah. like Ainsworth's come into it. You know, he came into a... a I think a sink a boat that was sinking, and you know, so I I, I don't know. I feel like you give him you give him the summer, you give him the start of the season, and you see how you do, right? Isn't that what we should? Yeah, and you and and we did give him the summer, and we we did give him the summer, and we did give him pre season, and it was exactly the same as what we saw last season. It's just I completely agree with Dunk in the way that he said. I think it must have been someone else's decision to change the style of football. You can see it, can't you? The players go into it or people from above saying, listen, you've got to change your style. Otherwise, you're going to be gone. Like, I just, I, I, I'm I, just not a fan. And I, I, you could give me all the stats in the world and try and convince me, but I'll just never be a fan of him. What, what would he need to do to make you a fan? It, I, I don't know. Well, obviously... Top six? Just, well, obvious. Well, that's just obvious. Are you it? sure? <laughs> I just, I just always think that he's not got the tactical and football mind to have it at this level. And I think just lowering our expectations was just such a downer before the season even started. Like, have you ever gone into a season being so negative about the first game of this, like the first game? It's just, I don't know. My mind will never change on him, sadly, unless he proves me completely wrong. But. No, I'll be honest. Yeah, this was the most negative I've gone in in a season, but that was still realistic for where we were. If we're if we're the third favourites for relegation, the whole market and the whole footballing world is telling us we're not a good team. Yeah, but what so other what, what, so. what other what other manager publicly comes out and says that though? Like you you've never seen any other manager come out and say before the season's all almost like even started saying. Oh, we're favourites for relegation. Don't expect much. It's just dampening our expectations before it's even started. And I know it's realistic, but the stuff that he's telling us, he's going to be telling the players, and the players are just going to be negative before it even starts. But do we think that's actually different? Do we think what he tells us is one thing, and inside the training ground, it is really positive? Because it's in. He hasn't, all he hasn't he's got, ever said no, it's he he's really positive. Have you ever but listened to it? Yeah, the, have you, have you listened to him do another press conference with anyone outside of our actual 
official what, like, club. Like when Talk Sport, when he said he was scared of the it, league because it's so many big teams. Yeah, <laughs> all right. that, that, that's not going to happen. But I've seen, I've listened to a few, a, a few times that he's spoken in the media, and he's 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 a bit more relaxed and shielded. You don't get that fan Ainsworth that comes out of him. You know, the, I've won a ticket to manage the club kind of thing. I do agree, George. That's the one. I do agree with his interviews really do frustrate me and they and they will frustrate me even more when we lose mm. I always find like they um, and that's what will go against him if we do start losing and, and the form starts dipping I think that that won't help him if he keeps portraying that in, in his post and pre-match interviews the thing is, he's trying to build the siege mentality. And I get that. He's trying to say to the lads, look, everyone thinks we're going to go down. Everyone thinks we're this terrible team. Like last season, the form fell off. We're all doing it together, all of us together. Like our spirit and our team effort will get us over the line. I get that's what he's trying to do. That's what his job is doing. Okay. But that will only work for so long. So I mean, there's only so much you can say to a person, you are going to be, you're the best you're going to be today. You're the best you're going to be today without that person can't keep performing to it. Like, Andre Zell is not going to score a worldie every other week, like he did against Borough. Like, that was a, literally, that's his first goal for the club. Uh, I, can't, I reckon he'll have another 100 shots before he scores again. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's only so much you can pick a player up for them to believe it, that they are going to be strong, like, strong enough and this team is going to be strong enough. I think it's when the, wheel, when the wheels fall off, and potentially they do, and if we have an injury crisis, they do, that's when I wonder how he's going to motivate this team. But what's he got to do then for you to not... Because if you take realism in and what he's got from a squad perspective, I, I think that the, the 11 that we've... The first 11, 12, 13 players we've got are, are more than capable of staying in this league. So, you know, but... Yeah, but we can have nine subs on the bench and we can make five. It's not about the first 11 anymore. And this is this is what I got. Like I said, like it annoyed me the other week. His comment: oh, "I'm happy with the squad I've got. We have no bench. We can't really change a game if we if we're one 0 down." Like um, George said, you're bringing on Ryan Colley. He's 18 years old, being thrown in. Like we said yeah, but last week, we said like at Southampton, anyone else, my senior striker, would have taken his chance. And that's what we don't have. We don't have a bench. Yeah, but he can only play what he's got. He knows. He knows he needs players. Come on, man! You can't leave yeah, that squad and know. That, that's yeah. the thing. I don't think he does. I think I generally think when he says he's happy with the squad, I honestly think he is. I think, he, like it, I said, he's so happy to be actually finally managing the club. Like, but why now? When he was five, the last five six years when he was at Wickham and getting them up top of the table, getting him into playoffs and all that. Why wasn't he good enough then? When we had to change a manager. Or wasn't that that wasn't that the reason? Like. Les left because yeah, he, he never... saw his transfer targets. Yeah, well, that was well, because well, like Les didn't want Ainsworth. Well, well, again, this is like rumor and pure speculation, but we can talk about it. If it's that Ain uh, Ferdinand didn't want Ainsworth, he was never going to bring him in. Got to the point where it's almost probably possibly forced upon him that it's like, right, we haven't got any other choice now. Is Ainsworth and Les is like, nah, I'm gone in the summer then. I don't yeah. think it's a coincidence anymore. And that's the problem. Like, what annoys me the most is like we had a director of football and they didn't do his job properly. And now we've got a manager who's taken over what seems to be taking over full control of the club. But then what happens if A, Ainsworth is a massive success but gets poached by another club because he's done so well for us? Or B, 
he goes, it doesn't go work well and we lose him. And who are we bringing in then? And are, are they going to have the full reign of the club? Or has Ainsworth got that because he's a fan favourite, he played for the club? Like, I just, like that's what worries me long term more than anything. Short term, I think he could keep us in the league, which is brilliant. But long term, he's not going to get us into playoffs, realistically, in my opinion. No, no, I will agree with you there. I'm not expecting him to, yeah, turn us into a playoff team. I think this league is too difficult for that. The director of football thing is is weird. And I wouldn't expect us to hear anything about it. You don't get, like, a report every week, whatever, about so-and-so's been interviewed for this role. But it does make me think, are the club just going to, like, try and get away with not having one this season? Like, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. When we spoke to him, when we went to the club, he, he he didn't seem to me like we needed one, or that he thought that we didn't need one, or that we could get by without one. And I don't think it, it's a massive cost saver as well, right? Les was on quite a bit good money, so you know, with 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 FFP and where it is, but yeah. I mean, there's certain managers who will never like working under a director of football, right? Like Chris Wilde is one of them. One of the best championship managers has been, or football league managers, been in a long time. Didn't obviously got let go from Borough because he didn't like and get on with the director of football. So there will be those mentality, those managers who are like, no, I don't, I don't want one. It kind of feels as if there's someone like always peering over your shoulder, um, and that's why the relationship between those two people and those two roles has to be, they have to be in sync. They have to be not quite best mates, but like work together superbly for it to be successful. I think it's like when we spoke to um, Gareth at the training ground and he's like, oh, I messaged Les and was like, can I have your office? It's the best office here. Part of me was like, is that like a little bit of a, I'm having your office. Like, I don't want Nick Beals or Critchie's office. I want your office. Is that a bit like, no, I'm, I'm now I'm the main man. I'm the one who's in charge. Do you know what I mean? It kind yeah, of gives off that yeah. little bit of a vibe. Yeah, I can't imagine Les reading that message in the best man. We don't know what their relationship was like, right? Yeah. But if it was a bit um, strenuous, like, you're not going to appreciate that message from from the person who's, yeah, not, quote-unquote, not taking your job, but, yeah, might have some of those responsibilities. We're going to be, we're going to be heavy, I think. We're going to need Armstrong. We're going to need some few players to really turn up this season, I think. But I think Armstrong's one. Um I thought he, on on Saturday he, he seemed a lot more disciplined. He wasn't charging around the pitch for sixty minutes, just running down and, and running into the keeper and making silly fouls. Um, <laughs> he seemed a lot more reserved. It was kind of a bit like you want him to do that still, but you kind of got to appreciate yeah. that he needs to reserve his energy. But he was much better the, in second half. Unleash the beast! Don't tame him. Yeah, but if you he's he, knackered after sixty minutes, mate. If he, if yeah, he he's got no after sixty minutes. Yeah, but he's getting like, sent off, or he's getting what, sent off. So but I think that's, that's what worries me. That's back to the squad depth. Like, if you think about, it, if we had another striker in, you could put him on the bench and bring him on after sixty minutes and do what he did. Used to scare teams when everyone else is absolutely out of their feet. That's why you needed like another nippy striker to so the defense could drop back. I just think. It's just a case again of like squad depth because like Armstrong, say say he goes away to the like, island on the twenty ones, gets injured, Dykes gets injured. Who are we left with? What strikers have we got? Like what? 
we got no, we got no one. Like we'll probably bring like a Chris Martin back on a free, but even then, that's just going backwards to Ainsworth's former style of football because Martin can't play no passing or running in behind. I was say if those two injuries happen, Chris Martin will be at the training ground before it opens. Yeah, just waiting sure. to be like, I've got my kit on, boys. I'm here. <laughs> we we yeah, will bring he's, it he's, had no, he's had no preseason. Like, we need him now. We need to be in the training ground now, getting fit. It, it, yeah. I mean, George, I understand what you're saying. I also do think though that where do you get these dykes? He's going to be our number one striker. I think it's evident. It has been like mm. if you bring in another striker, who's going to want to play second, third fiddle? Out there, even on loan, what clubs could send a, a, a striker out on loan to be third, third choice? Yeah, not think... play. Why would why would we waste money on him? And also, if you're going to bring in a youth striker, which we could do from one of the you know someone in the Premier League, like an under twenty one striker. I always I said this last week. I don't see the point in it. I think they may or may not be half decent, but getting Ryan Colley and Sinclair more minutes in their legs. It's only going to benefit us next season, developing our own players. And we, 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 I know what you're saying. If if we go down, we could have brought one in, fine. But what happens if we stay up the season and we, they've both played sort of, tw- you know, 10, 20, 30 games? We'll be, we'll be better for it next season. No, that's the thing. I think we will stay up. We, I think we like confidently would stay up with the 12, 13 we have. It's just, it's QPR. There's going to be an injury crisis. <laughs> and that, uh, that, that's just my worry. Like, we're, and then when that happens, I don't think the players will react to Ainsworth. And I think it'll just be a sinking ship as it was last, back end of last season. Well, I think Gareth Ainsworth, let's leave it on that. I mean, we can only time will tell. I think we'll, we'll see. Um, maybe we'll come back and chat about this. You see, you know, a couple of losses and the whole world changes, doesn't it, in football? You know, exactly. Um, like we, we could win the next three games um, and I'll be... Like peeping over that fence. Oh, then but you'll be. I'll be peeping. <laughs> then I'll be you'll peeping. Be. I won't be on <laughs> it. I won't be on it. I'll be peeping to see what's going on. But do you know what I mean? But then so what's we, could, we, could, we could lose games. three. We could lose the next three games, and you'll be back on my side. I know we could. Spit, getting your deck chair out, well, sitting down. On any side yet? <laughs> no. But that's it. We're football fans. And we're um... football. I think that's the best summary. Yeah. <laughs> just quickly, um, I, I saw Mickey Beal. I know you've probably all seen it struggling. It. I just. I just love it when Rangers lose now. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's the same. I absolutely love it. And um, it's funny that they've already managed being linked there and and, and he's already his fans have completely t- I saw a, I saw a protest. They're doing a protest. I don't know if anyone saw it. Feel oh, out protest. Um <laughs> well, that's what was, isn't it when you when you appoint a snaky manager. Yeah. It's it's all the comments it's, being like, Oh, he uh all he ever did was put out Gerard's training cones. 12 months, how many How many months ago? 12 yeah. months ago, this exact same fan base were like, he is the man, He's Gerard the did absolutely nothing. Yeah. He was the brains between behind everything. If only we had him back now, everyone's suddenly like, oh, we never should have got rid of Van Bronckhorst. And like, what we did was a joke. Yeah, but again, it goes back to exactly what you said, Dunk. Football fans are fickle. We will, we will change as quickly as you possibly can. But as long as you're there on the Saturday to... Watch and support, and you're positive at three o'clock. Then that's the point, right? If we're not arguing on Twitter after the game that we've won because certain fans thought we were going to lose, what's the point in it? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I I love scrolling through Twitter on a a Saturday after we've won because certain fans are giving it bigger because we've won. Other fans are like, "Yeah, but we won. They didn't play well." Like it's just we still won, lads. Happy days. We'll all go to work on Monday, buzzing. 
That's all, it. All, 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 all the pro aids <laughs> have come out, don't they? And then all we lose, and all the other, oh, it's the same every time, isn't it? Just quickly, one thing I did want to just quickly mention is we Ainsworth really needs to get a win in these next two home, what at least one win in these next two games. He's got to sort this home form out because we can't sustain the current away form. If we've won four out of six, I, I, I just find it difficult that you were going to sustain that throughout the season. So we really need to sort this home form out, doesn't he? I don't know. That's something that he has to sort out, or, or as Doug said, his coaching team, or his committee. Yeah, hundred percent. We can't have, like, yeah, the away the away wins are great, but you want to win at home when there's what fifteen, sixteen thousand of us there. If you're just winning away, it's in front of whatever great support we've taken away. Then a majority of the fan base aren't seeing us win, and that's. That's big. That has long-term effects. The club are always on about that. How do we bring more? Well, how do you make more young fans into QPR fans when they've got all these options? Well, the option, the the solution is making it fun at home, and and winning and seeing good, um, good results, good energy, etc. Yeah, we'll preview the games next week, but um, they're not. This not going to be easy. Is it? Quickly, then. I just want a quick question to end it. Dunk, go first. I want to know. One thing that you're so far this season that you're really happy and positive about, and then one thing that you're particularly concerned about, or you think that could be a concern or a negative. Um, absolutely buzzing that Sinclair is getting as many minutes as he is, and he got his goal, and he's looking like a real threat for us. I'm made up for the lad, and I can't wait for him to like bang ten goals in for us this season. Hopefully. Um, negative it's just a lack of investment in the squad really I see how I can go on really I felt we I still feel we're a bit short in certain areas but like I know that our hands are tied I can't really go too much on that but that's my negative George uh, I'd probably say my positive is seeing the experience of Steve Cook and Colbat and I guess you could say Begovic as well in the team like I think ever since they've come in they've looked assured they've looked good like the amount of tackles Cook and Colback have been putting in has been immense, and I feel like they're two real good additions. Bear in mind we played Gubbins at the back first game of the season, so can only be positive about that. And negatives, I'd probably say similar to Dunk squad depth and the worry about an injury crisis incoming. And as a as a whole, Ainsworth, I'll leave it on that. Chris, please. Positive would be seeing a player like Ryan Colley come through. Um, we've talked for ages about how we don't feel we've got anything from the academy. We've now got someone that a lot of players, well, sorry, a lot of fans probably knew, had heard of once or twice last season. Now he's full part of the squad, really often looked very bright um, and should get a decent amount of minutes this season. So that pathway is open. Uh, negative would be related about... Chris Willock and not quite sure how many times we'll get to see him and Chair playing together this season and looking kind of at their best, whether that's Willock injury related or um, how we fit them both in. But um, yeah, we could chat in a month and that could be very different. Yeah. I'm no, positive it's going to be Paul, Paul Smith, I think, really. Aside from a couple of whatever you've, you've got said, Sinclair was one. It's good to see him come back and do well. I think I want him to do well. I like him. 
I think he could be good if we use him right. I just love a bit of pace. I've always said that on this pod. Like, we've been crying out for it for um for years. Um, I'll leave the negatives to you guys. Hey, look at you. <laughs> Get off that fence. <laughs> right, lads. Nice one. Thanks for joining. Um, enjoy the win and the rest of the international break. And um, we'll be back next week. Yours. 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 The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.